You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 22 of season three of Heart and Soul. I am joined today by Cami Bleese. Am I saying that right? Bleese? Yeah, that was perfect. Okay. Um, Cami is also a personal trainer and kind of runs her own fitness business on the other side of the country. <laughs> She's on the, we got the coast covered. Yeah, we got the coast covered. She's on the West Coast over in um, California. And she was actually introduced to me um, by one of our listeners, Caitlin, who's actually been a guest on the podcast too. So it's all connected. Mm. Um, I'm so pumped. I got to be on Cammy's podcast. Um, so we already had a conversation and we clicked immediately. And it was just like a really good foundation to a relationship. So I was like, you got to come on mine. So yeah. thank you so much for being on the pod, Cammy. Of course. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be here. I know like our last conversation was so fun and so easy. And I was like, yeah, let's do this again, whether we're being recorded or not, we have so much to talk about. <laughs> I know. I know. And like, it's just really cool um, for me to, and I'm sure for anyone to talk to someone like of the same, like in the same industry as them, especially when the industry is like still kind of so undefined in the online yeah. form. So it was like really refreshing to talk to, um, a fellow woman in business at this like time frame in life, trying to yeah. figure out like what the heck we're doing. I know. Um, it's we're just, all just make, like faking it and figuring it out as we go Honestly, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so on our podcast, we talk a lot about body image, talk a lot about um, health, fitness, nutrition. Um, but doing that from like a shameless aspect of trying to celebrate our bodies instead of punishing them through exercise or through nutrition or dieting. So, um, Cami truly is the perfect guest for that. Um, uh, why don't you dive in and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and like what you do, and then we'll just go from there. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so, I am a personal trainer over in Los Angeles. I do have virtual clients that have stuck with me since I moved from Texas a couple years ago, but that is what I do full time. And, you know, when I first started my business as a personal trainer, it was really focused on definitely helping women feel better, but I was not necessarily taking the best care of myself from like a mental perspective or a physical perspective. And really, as I started to improve upon that, I really shifted how I trained and what I emphasized in my training. So now, you know, the women that hire me might have a weight loss goal or might have certain physical goals, but a lot of the root of our work together and our time together is rooted in things beyond that. And it's more emphasis on strength and confidence. And, you know, I like to send them worksheets or just have conversations, like you said, like around body image, around confidence, around their relationship with food. And so it's super evolved over time, but it's something that I felt really passionate about. I think that when you hire a personal trainer, like our job is absolutely to help you feel like the healthiest version of yourself, but that doesn't immediately mean weight loss. And so being able to help educate people and like shift their perspective on their worth and on their value is something I feel really passionate about. And I get to work with some incredible women and 
I love doing it. And now I'm kind of working on teaching other trainers to do the same thing. You know, it's been a really amazing way to shift the narrative of my business. And so now my goal is to help other trainers kind of shift that narrative with them and their clients too. So it's always evolving as we evolve as people, you know, and you learn and you grow. And that's kind of what I've done within my business too, since my business is just like an extension of myself. Yeah. It's really cool too, because I think a lot of clients come in or like interview or seek out a personal trainer with the intention of I'm, I'm going to lose X amount of pounds in X amount of time. And that could be a byproduct of just like starting to move your body and, Mm -hmm. um, living in a, like a different lifestyle or different routine. Mm -hmm. Um, but I always love when a trainer is like, that's great, but there's so much more you're going to gain. Um, like you might lose weight, but you're going to gain confidence. You're going to gain, um, like a new perspective on how movement should be viewed and how your body is like stronger than you think it is. So it's cool. It's cool that there are other trainers out there who are behind that mission, because I think it's something that's finally starting to shift in society. Yeah. Um, and I th- I just think it's like really cool to be a part of. Absolutely. I completely agree. You know, I think it's so interesting because I feel like, you know, when you really think about what your clients are truly asking for and wanting when they say weight loss. So often what they don't, what they don't totally mean is weight loss. Like, yes, they might truly feel like that's what they're desiring, but what they're desiring is typically like the, like the perceived byproduct of weight loss. And the perceived byproduct is that you'll feel more confident. You'll feel more healthier. You'll be, you know, I'm putting this in quotes, but like more loved, more valuable. And like, because that's how we celebrate and push things in our culture and in our society. So when I have a client who you know, immediately says, I want weight loss because I want to feel good about myself. What they don't really want is weight loss. They want to feel good about themselves and they believe the weight loss gets them there. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, I spent my whole life trying to get there through weight loss and it was never enough. I never felt good enough. I never felt happy enough. And I just kind of hit this point where I was like, I don't want to make clients do the same thing. And I really do feel like there are so many trainers that are doing a disservice to their clients by solely focusing on the weight loss aspect, you know, and, you know, the calorie counting and the measurements and all of those types of things. And while I think some of those things can happen in a really healthy practice, that is not the right move for a lot of people. And I think it's important to, you know, listen to your clients and look for what they're really asking for versus just like copying, pasting all of these, like, you know, very culturally approved methods of health, which I get yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of air quotes. We're on a podcast, so you can't I know, see I air, narrate my hand movements over here. <laughs> no, but you're right. There's always a deeper route to why someone wants to lose weight. Yeah. It's kind of like if you've ever been to therapy and you're like, I'm here for this. And they're like, okay, but what, what caused this part, this part of your mind to think this way? And you're like, I didn't even realize that that's why I was here. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, when you really sit and do the work to your point, even if you maybe don't struggle with body image issues, like, but you struggle with certain confidence issues or relationship issues, things like that. Like when you actually sit down and ask yourself, like, why is this happening? Where is this coming from? Where is the root of this? It can be super uncomfortable, but it truly is like the key to unlocking and like unlocking and shifting your mind and like 
your life, like the way that it can be moving and going. And I think so often we don't want to sit and ask those questions because they're uncomfortable. And, you know, we don't want to be uncomfortable. It's painful to be uncomfortable. It's painful to acknowledge like why some of our insecurities might be there, but truly only after doing that and having some of my clients do that, like, have there been any real, like, long-term shifts that are able to occur? Yeah. And also just like for someone to come back without a, like come back and continually train with you without this expectation of in a month from now, you better be X amount of pounds or you haven't really accomplished anything. Cause that's just truly not the case. Like showing up, I always tell my clients, like showing up the amount of times you've chosen to show up each week is the win. Like, because uh, most people don't even get to that step you know, the showing up phase. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. I think that there's always, well, for me, especially there's a, there's a route to why I got into training and training Mm -hmm. this way. So if you wouldn't mind sharing like your history with body image and your history with fitness and nutrition, just our listeners, I'm sure a lot of them can relate to your story, just like they've, some of them have related to mine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the first thing I want to clarify, which I think surprises a lot of people often is like, I did not grow up an athlete. I did not grow up. I am even now I'm not a team sport person. I don't want to play on your team. I don't want to go do the activity with you. Like I'm just now letting myself play like group volleyball. And it's only because I feel very safe with the people I'm playing with. It's not a competitive thing. Like I really get very stressed out in like team environments because I struggle to like let people down. And so I just rather play by myself. (laughs) And it's interesting because I think a lot of people assume that trainers, you know, were athletes in the past. And because they had this like flourishing fitness perspective, then of course they could become a trainer and help other people do the same. And mine was like the complete opposite journey, you know, like I was basically told or taught from a young age that the intention behind movement was because of sports, because you're on a team so that you can be a better athlete. And because that just wasn't me, then I was not taught how to move my body for the pleasure of movement to have an overall healthy perspective. And so I really just kind of resented movement from a young age because like, I wasn't good at playing sports. I didn't feel confident out there. And I you know, my parents didn't have an alternative perspective of like, well, you know, just go and play and whatever it is. And so that kind of was the foundation of how I got, I mean, didn't even get into fitness, right? Like how was forced into movement and felt really self-conscious about it most of the time. And then I, you know, in college, I really started to work out a lot, but it was solely for weight loss. It was solely because I was super fixated on dieting. I was super fixated on losing weight. And so now my perspective of fitness shifted from, it has to be because you're on a team and you're doing it for athletics to, well, you do it clearly because you want to lose weight. So my perspective of movement, pretty much my whole life has had this very like warped and disordered view of why you're doing it. And I took that into starting training. Like, even though I really did believe in helping women feel better about themselves so much of it for myself was still rooted in like trying to feel better through looking better Mm. and while there's nothing wrong with liking how you look and wanting to change certain aspects of yourself like when you root like your worthiness in that I think that's where 
the struggle can really lie. And that's where it lied for me. So most of my life, I've been really self-conscious about my body. You know, I've always been working to lose weight. And even at my smallest, I, which was for my wedding, because most people push really hard for their wedding, because again, we're told that this magical day will only be the best if it, if you look a certain way, which Mm -hmm. is just horrible and takes so much strain on like an already kind of stressful season. Um, and even at that time I was working out multiple times a day and eating really, um, under calorically. And I wasn't training at this time. I was working a corporate job, but I still wasn't satisfied with how I looked on my wedding day, you know, and I was a psycho during that season. And it's just, I look back on myself and I look back on those seasons and it just like really breaks my heart for that person who felt so much like if I can just get there, I'll feel so much better. And it's like, even at my smallest, I was not better. I was not happier. I was so stressed about getting any of the weight back on that I couldn't even enjoy the weight that I had lost. So it's this sort of like lie that like, once you get there, it's all easy breezy because like, I know people a lot smaller than me who don't feel there yet. And so it's like, why am I working so hard to be your size when you're not even happy? And I think, you know, when you realize that you kind of, it releases some of the power that it holds on you. And so I really got into training after I left my corporate career because I wanted to help women feel better about themselves. And I had actually run my first half marathon and it was the first thing I had done in my life that had nothing to do with weight loss. I had never experienced moving to be stronger, to run further. And doing that made me feel really proud of myself. And I was like, okay, what if I help other women do the same and quit my job, got certified as a personal trainer, picked up jobs here and there until I could build my personal training, you know, career. And it was interesting because even though I came in with that heart of wanting women to feel strong and feel better, because I still had very disordered ways of thinking I couldn't help but like pass that on to them. And it was only after my first year or two that I kind of realized like, I still feel really shitty and I definitely don't think I'm doing it like a service to my clients by not, by like almost like pretending, you know? And so I actually took some body image courses and read some books and had some conversations with people and really started doing like the internal work as to like, why have I carried this pressure? Why have I felt this way? And as I started to release a lot of that and change my relationship to food and change my relationship to movement, like, of course I went through a season and have those seasons still sometimes where like I moved a lot less or I ate a little bit like less nutritiously dense or whatever it might be. But as I've allowed myself to have those seasons, I've allowed myself to actually create like and repair the relationship with those things that I had so damaged so long ago. Mm -hmm. And because I feel so much better on the outside of this, like, and pushing through this, it has totally changed how I work with clients and totally changed how I interact with them. And, you know, kind of like you said, like I've had clients stay with me since I started training, like I said, since I left California and moved from, or since I left Texas and moved to California, you know, I had clients that were just like, yep, we'll go virtual. And it's not because they're experiencing crazy weight loss, you know, it's because like we have built a reason for them to show up beyond that. And, you know, besides that, and I think that that's something that is just, you know, if you can give people that they want to stay, like if you can give them purpose beyond 
the scale. It's just so cool to see what people can do. And again, like I'm not going to demonize weight loss. I'm not going to demonize or, you know, put down people who have certain goals like that. Cause I get it. Like we also live in a culture where those things are celebrated, but I really think that like the best thing you can do for yourself is to ask, like, why do you want this? Why yeah. do I want this? And doing it for me was what completely changed my relationship to why I moved, why I ate and why I trained. Yeah. I answered your question. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was, it was great. I have so many things that I want to like circle back to. Cause there's so many like little pieces of wisdom that you probably said without even realizing that you said it. But the first thing is, um, what you, what you touched on when you talked about when you were getting ready for your wedding mm-hmm. and how you were like, I want to be smaller. And then you realize like, once you got to that size, that felt like the goal, mm-hmm. you still weren't content. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that as I talk to women who have struggled with dieting or like yo-yo dieting or weight loss or just body image in general, I hear that same thing over and over and over again. And it's the same with me. Like when I was in my eating disorder, like in the very thick of it, and I got down to like a stupid small size, like looking Mm -hmm. back, like for my body type, it was so sick, like literally Mm -hmm. sick. But for me, I get to this point that's like so small and I'm still like, how do I get smaller? So it's like the contentment piece is missing when your goal is a number on a scale, because there's usually, like we talked about earlier, a deeper route to why you're discontent. Absolutely. So, um, I love that you touched on that. And I like wish more people would talk about, or would say that when they share, um, Mm -hmm. their stories of like body image struggles is like, Hey, no matter how small you get, it's not going to make you happy. (laughs) It's not gonna make you happier. You might feel more confident if you're stronger, if you move better, but the number on the scale, which so many people fixate on is not the end all be all for joy. So I'm really, I'm really glad you touched on that. And then you also touched on like way, way, way back in the beginning about how you're shifting your business from not only coaching women in personal training, but also coaching coaches. Yeah. Um, And I love that. It's actually something that I'm working with a business coach on right now to step into. And I've, I've DM'd you back and forth, like, cause, and that's a really cool thing when like, careers align and you just find someone in your industry that's like, ah, can we like pick each other's brain? Because it is something that is so um, necessary to train someone who has this idea of getting into coaching. And before they get into that first year, like you talked about where you were like, I spent a whole year with still this false mindset of disordered Mm -hmm. exercise or disordered nutrition or caloric intake Mm-hmm. to, to get them to start from a healthy foundation is yeah. like so crucial. Yeah. So can you just talk a little bit or speak a little into like what your goal is with coaching coaches and what that like maybe looks like? Yeah, um, absolutely. Scenes, Cause I just think that's super fascinating and something that if like coaches continue to do, then like we could like really just completely rewrite the narrative around training, you know, that's what I want. Like, it's so interesting. I kind of came upon this idea because so, so much of what I've done has been geared towards, I'm going to use the word client, like, you know, my clients just because it's like the best term for them, but 
you know, so much of my career has been geared towards like shaping the minds of my clients and serving my clients, whether you're a training client or a coaching client. And while that has been so powerful, I think when I stepped back and realized like, okay, there's a lot of people to change the minds of. And instead, what if we started changing trainers and then they could impact all of the people that they're interacting with? And I think that like the vision really grew from that. And I really saw like the ability to change so many more women's lives than the ones that I could directly touch. So I feel like the, the main thing that I really like to work with people on is education around things that I don't feel like we were really taught when we got our certification, but has become a like consistent conversation topic in my trainings. And clients might not even realize that they're talking about this stuff, but you as a trainer should know. You as a trainer should be able to recognize like disordered or eating disordered behavior. You as a trainer should be able to recognize if your client has a mental health condition or they've told you they have a mental health condition. You know, you should be able to realize if they're struggling with body dysmorphia, orthorexia, anorexia, recovering from an eating disorder. Like there's a lot. And um, one of my favorite things to help people understand too is like, fat phobia and how pervasive it is when within our culture, how negatively we talk about fat people, how negatively we portray what being fat means and therefore the fear that you put in yourself and others just by simple comments. And so by educating people on these pieces, you're really allowing them to potentially transform themselves, but then through that narrative, transform the lives of their clients. So, you know, through worksheets, through video modules, through conversations with dietitians and therapists, like all of that is included um, on the program that I'm developing. And, you know, the conversations that I've had with trainers so far around it have really aligned and affirmed that this is something that is necessary. We as trainers are always trying to grow because our job stretches us so much, right? I joke all the time and my clients do too. It's like, I'm a therapist, I'm a trainer, I'm a nutritionist, I'm a friend, I'm a coach. I'm like all this stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are outside of my real range, but there's a lot of stuff that I think trainers are just not serving themselves by not educating themselves on. And then in addition to that, you know, how do you grow a business from that? Like I've said, like I've been able to build a super successful, very busy practice in LA. And I've been here just around two years, a whole year of that was COVID. And I've had no problem building and growing my business. And I think that a lot of trainers struggled there too. And so it's like, how can you help people shift the narrative for themselves, grow a business, sustain a business and change the lives of their clients beyond weight loss. And that's kind of the whole focus. So the way I coined it, a lot of my business is called worth more. So this is like my worth more method. This is how I've done what I've done and how I talk and train the way that I talk and train. And um, so it's just like, currently it'll be um, more in like an online course capacity where people can self-study, but I love interacting with people. So eventually doing more group ones where trainers can all connect and talk and hear from each other, I think is super powerful too. Cause yeah. I think we all have experiences and it's, I'm not the end all be all of this topic or conversation. So it's nice to have shared experiences, shared questions and people kind of growing and learning on the journey together too. Yeah, totally. And I think like a false, like, or like a misconception amongst like every industry of work is 
I better not like talk too much with someone who's in the same field as me because they're going to steal my ideas or, or I'm going to, they're going to take my clients or whatnot. But if we all get on the same page of there's plenty of clients to go around yeah. and the clients that are supposed to meet you and work with you will, and the clients mm-hmm. that are supposed to work with you, Cami will. And even if we're in the same industry and we believe the same things, there's plenty to go around. And if we're able to support each other in our industry, it's, I mean, it's that community over competition mindset of like, if we could help each other, then we could all grow instead of like competing against each other. And like, I don't know, like secretly hoping someone else fails, like what a terrible mindset. It's, It's so sad. And I think it's, you know, I do think like this instinctual reaction people have is like, I have to protect myself. I have to like, make sure that I'm going to be okay. And if she succeeds or he succeeds, then that means that I won't. But I'm currently listening to a book right now by Jen Cicero called You Are a Badass at Making Money. And her um, debut book, I guess is the right way to say it was just called You Are a Badass. And then this was her second one. But one of the things that she talks a lot about is just an abundance mindset versus a lack mindset. And I Mm -hmm. think that like a lot of people operate from a lack mindset. And when you believe that there's not enough out there for you, then you are always going to be fearful, protecting yourself, stressed. But when you truly can believe that like there are millions of people out there and there's more than enough energy and money and success for all of us. Think about all the business coaches. Think about all of the, you know, leaders and CEOs and businesses that do the same freaking thing. But because of their energy, because of their branding, because of their message, people are drawn one way or another. And I think that if we allow for that, like we're just so much happier. And it really is kind of scary to sometimes operate in that because like you're kind of releasing this like we think we by um you know by having this lack you almost feel like you're in more in control but by releasing that control I think that you end up being way more successful and way more happy so Mm -hmm. it's something that I've been working on a lot with my executive coach as well I think that a lot of you know people who want to grow should hire people to help them do that you know that's why like I've done the last six years of this development, creating this content, you know, so have you. So why not rely on people like us who have been there, done that versus trying to do it all yourself. And when you invest in yourself, it comes back to you, you know, you will always grow from that. And I really think that if more people believed in themselves and believed in their worthiness, like that they were worth spending the money, that they were worth spending the time, that they were worth spending the energy, then they would end up feeling so much better. But a lot of people have to work through the fear of releasing that. Yeah, I actually just got to a point where I hired a business coach for myself. Mm-hmm. And I have been, I felt like I've been such a hoarder of my like money, essentially. Like I thought if I spend this amount of money on a business coach, like then that's less money for my business. You know, when really it's an investment in yourself and an investment in your business, because the more you learn from someone who's X amount of steps ahead of you, then the more you will get, the further you will get in five years than you would have gotten if you were just doing it on your own. And so it's, it's turnaround that is a really scary investment to make. Cause you're like, ah, expensive or, ah, like scary, like risky, but in the end it's like such a good return on investment, you know, and, and, 
And the therapy aspect too, like we, I joke too, like I feel like a therapist sometimes for my clients. And I, oh. and I, I joke that I, so I like, or when I was like in high or college, high school, I was like, a, I was a camp counselor in college mm-hmm. and I like joked, but also was kind of serious that I like wanted to go into being a counselor. But then I was like, it's too much school. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's, it's a lot. A lot of rules, a lot of structure. I'm like, I'm not good with like, I'm very casual. Yeah. Like the boundaries that you have yeah. to therapy. I'm like, nah. So now <laughs> I like joke with clients. I'm like, I kind of got that, like the best of both worlds. Like yes. I get to be like a counselor or like a confidant for you yeah. while also not having to have gone to school. <laughs> 100%. It is. It's like, we like snuck by. We're like, we figured out our own way. I know I have people like, you know, when clients are really like, I literally have had sessions where clients have started like talking and I'm sure you have too. And they've started just like pouring out something and like, we barely even get through a workout mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm so sorry. I just like, I really need to talk through this. And I'm like, you know what? Like, if that's what you need from me today. That's what you need for me today. And like, that's okay. I can be this ear for you. And a lot of people are like, Oh, isn't that the worst part? And I'm like, Oh no, like that's the best part. That's the meat of it. Like mm-hmm. that's because like we love the idea of helping people change and grow and like flourish. And only when, you know, the barriers and the walls come down and they really show some of that, like vulnerability, are you able to eat, get anywhere with that? And I think that, so when people do that, I'm just like, I'm here for it. I am yeah. like, dig in. <laughs> I know. I like, I love working with my group classes, but there's something about the intimate person, like personal connection of a one-on-one client where I'm like, Oh, this is like, this is the meat. This is the good yeah. stuff. And like you said, like when I work with a one-on-one client, this is so, it sounds so twisted and I'm about, what I'm about to say, but like, it's almost like when they cry, I know we've gotten to that place where we're yes. like, we've we're like, somewhere. we've gone somewhere and they're like, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm crying. And I'm like, no, we made it like yeah. breakthrough. <laughs> True. Because it's, it's weird to let yourself sit in the discomfort of those emotions often. Like I'm not a crier. And I remember when I started therapy, I, I, I remember sitting there and I can't remember what she like fully asked me, but I was relaying how I felt. And then she just kind of like made me sit in it, which I hated. But as I just sat in it, I realized how sad I felt. And through feeling sad, I like wanted to cry and I let myself cry. And I was like, whoa, like typically I move on so quickly from those types of things that I don't allow myself to really process those feelings. I'm very uncomfortable with being sad and feeling those emotions. And I feel like when you can create a space for people in coaching and therapy and training or anything where people have the opportunity to just feel what they're feeling, that's so powerful. That's a huge, huge gift. And I also think that it really speaks highly of you and like the atmosphere you're able to create for your clients and your people, you know, like it's so I'm sure like we both feel this way mutually. Like I think of so many of my clients just like as my friends and I'm just like, we're just hanging out, you know, like I'm just chilling and we're just chatting away, like whatever, you know, like people like, Oh, aren't you so tired from training all day? I'm like, I don't know. I get to hang out with my friends all day long. It's like not that big of a deal. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And there's also something so like powerful and like, this isn't a word, but like breakthroughy (laughs) about like movement, like something about when you're moving your body, it's like your emotions are able to like process and you experience those moments of like emotional, spiritual breakthrough with someone. And you are able to almost get to that place 
where you're like, oh, this is what's actually going on in my life. So I, that's what I love about movement too, is mm-hmm. it's therapeutic as well. Like it creates, it generates those kind of conversations yeah. without you even realizing that like, that's what you intended to do, you yeah. know? Well, it's a good distraction too sometimes, like when you're going through the movements of something to not be just sitting, you know, like in a therapy session where you're both just staring at each other across a room or across a screen and you just feel really like intensely. I think sometimes if you're like doing a squat, but you're also thinking about these things and you're sort of answering a little more naturally because you're like kind of worried about your squat, but also thinking about your thinking. So you're just like the filter shifts. Yeah. And I feel like that allows for some really cool conversations and some really cool opportunities with people that, you know, I feel really lucky to get to be a part of. Yeah. It really is like, there's some days where I get so today was one of those days. Well, this week's been one of those weeks where I get so like exhausted from the, the scheduling of it all in the sense of like, you just feel like every hour is hour to hour and you're exhausted. And like, I, I'm not really sleeping well. Cause I'm pregnant. I'm probably like, I'm just not in, I'm probably not even forming sentences right on this podcast because <laughs> I haven't slept right in a week. But then when you step into those ne- that next appointment and mm-hmm. you get to hear that next 30 minutes of someone mm-hmm. pouring their heart out, you're like, Oh, I'm, re- it's like a refreshment for you yeah. instead of something that like strips you of energy it like re it fills you up and it's the same thing with working from working with your own coach or your own business mm-hmm. coach it's like mm-hmm. you can't pour out from an empty cup so mm-hmm. you have to fill yourself up during that hour so that when your next client comes in you're able to like pour out yeah them so it's all just really cyclical and I mm-hmm. think what I need to do a better job of is like taking those moments to pause and like feeling grateful that like this is the job I get to do (laughs) and instead of looking at it every instead of looking at it from like ugh a job or uh, a a busy schedule if I could just shift I'm like preaching to myself now if I could just shift that perspective of like I get to like hang out with friends all day and like get vulnerable and get real and sweat and Mm -hmm. like get to wear yoga pants every day <laughs> you know like you're like this is like the best job ever <laughs> it's really like it's funny you say that because I was I my schedule really changed and grew and like I have very long days right now really long days yeah and it's a blessing right like to have a job to have a good job to have a job you enjoy like I want to be so grateful because I've definitely been in seasons where I've been like I don't know if I'm supposed to keep doing this anymore god like I don't really have like the business I thought I would. And so to be in the opposite position, I really had to challenge myself to remember, like, remember what you felt like when you didn't have the clients and now you do like appreciate that. But Mm I, with my coach, it's funny you say that because I was telling her, I would look at my planner and get really stressed out because I was just like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get all this done with my clients? plus all the outside work that I need to be doing. And she had me like put together like a little um, mantra, which I recommend this to anybody. And it's basically just like, I came up with two, one that was like geared towards like my schedule and just like me seeing on a daily basis. And then another that I wrote on a mirror that was a little bit more like holistically geared. I'm definitely someone who believes in like the power of seeing things and saying things. Like I literally have a check I have written myself and taped it to my mirror. Like all of those 
subtle things can feel a little hokey, but like when you believe in the power of those, that stuff, like, and see it every single day, I think it can really shift you, but I'll just read you like literally what I have. I, and I write it at the top of my planner every single week to remind myself, I love but that. I, I said, I am thankful for the clients in my life who trust me with their journey because they trust me. I get to follow my dreams, my purpose and make money. And I just, yes. when I can read that and look at my clients and look at my schedule, I can find gratitude. And I think that it's really important to operate from that kind of place. Like, obviously it's okay to feel tired and worn down and that kind of thing, but to continually to try to come back from like, to gratitude and thankfulness and appreciating the hard seasons, the busy seasons, the slow seasons, I think, you know, just makes life overall more enjoyable. It's hard sometimes of course to find the gratitude and things but that's something I've been really working on is like reading that believing that and seeing that every single day yeah that's so good yeah everyone should have a mantra like that I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna try and make one up now or when we hang up I have um this like you know how like misery loves company yeah <laughs> So like, I love following you on Instagram because you'll like post at like 5.15 in the morning with your coffee, like up and ready. And I'm like, me too. <laughs> and like, usually I'm like miserable at 5.15 in the morning. Cause I'm like, why am I awake? And I don't sleep well at night. And it's like, this. Yeah. Ah. but then when you hear from someone, like, this is why it's so important to just be shameless and like share like exactly where you're at. Like it was almost like speaking of misery loves company it was almost like refreshing for me to hear from you just now that like, I get so caught up with clients. I'm like, how am I going to grow my business? Like, how am I going to do this other thing? Or how am I going to make time for coaching or coaching mm -hmm. coaches or whatnot? And it's like refreshing for me to hear like, oh, I'm not alone. Like I feel the same way. And it, it just makes you feel less alone. And that like mentality of shameless living is that like, it's yeah. It, the more you share, like, this is where I'm at, the more other women, no, no matter if it's in business or body image or motherhood or marriage mm -hmm. or whatnot finances, it's, it's like, you can take a deep breath and be like, all right, cool. Someone else is in the pit with me. hundred <laughs> percent. I, that is something that I do think we have to remind ourselves regularly, especially when it comes to social media, right? Like it is, a beautiful connector, a way to grow your business, your friendships, your community, anything, but it, it is not the full picture mm -hmm. and it is not showing you everything. And I definitely am trying to be more honest on mine. I'm not really good at like sharing lots of things, you know, to social media. I, I keep pretty strong boundaries and, you know, I think there's a time and a place for everything, but I do feel like to your point, it is important to show you know, the realness of your life, like, and the reality of it. Like, I think a lot of us feel very isolated and alone, especially coming after COVID and a lot of people being alone and feeling alone. And I just, you know, hope people know that like, even if you feel so alone, there's literally someone that is going through or has gone through exactly what you're experiencing and survived and made mm -hmm. it and come out the other side. And if you can find community in that and a couple of people who are willing to be open and vulnerable as well. Like there's a huge amount of power in women, I think being genuine and vulnerable and opening up with each other and cheering each other on in our, you know, bad seasons and cheering each other on in our good seasons. You know, I think finding people who truly are like that is incredible. And yeah, I feel the same way when it comes to social media sometimes it's like, 
you know, absolutely. I will share the 515 photo and I'm a strong morning person. So like, do not compare your mornings to me. I like the mornings. I'm happy to be up most mornings, but it's, I'm not a night owl. I'm not the nicest person in the evening. So it's just to each their own, right? Like I know myself, I know my brand. I know my vibe. I was in bed by eight 30 last night and straight up turned my light off and was asleep by nine Oh five PM. I'm so jealous. (laughs) I like you picked the right industry. I picked an industry that starts super early, but I am not a morning person and I'm not a great sleeper. So like it's, I'll get in bed at eight. I literally get in bed at eight 30 every single night, but it's the falling asleep part that like is so hard. So you really pick you, you did it. You picked well, the- and I'm, to be completely fair. Like I take melatonin, like I'm not naturally sleepy at nine most nights. And I don't know if you can take melatonin, but like it is, that's like, that's what I have to do. Cause I also think that sleep is really, I'm not here for the, like, I work very hard, but I also prioritize my sleep. And I think like people who are like, I can go for four hours and I'm flourishing. I'm like, your body is shutting down and you don't even know it. Like Mm -hmm. your body needs more than four hours of sleep, whether you believe that or not. And so I do think that like one of the healthiest things you can do for yourself is create a healthy sleep schedule which I know is not always possible for people and having kids or being pregnant, having jobs. Like there's lots of things, like I'm very privileged to have the flexibility, but I do think people underestimate the value of sleep. Yeah. Even from a health perspective, clients are like, why can't, why am I not losing any weight? I'm doing all the, I'll say again in quotes, right things. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yes. You're moving regularly. You've started incorporating more nutrient dense foods into your diet. Yes. So great. How's your stress level? How's your sleep? How's your hormones? How's your like social life? There's all these things that are like huge components that people just want to dismiss because we're such a like hustle hard culture. And I think that like, you can't just have the hustle without like the rest and the rejuvenation and the self-care piece. Like you just burn each other out. And that is, that is just not the purpose of this life. Girl, preach. Sleep is so important. I know. I'm so glad we got on that tangent too, because I have been not a fan of the lack of rest that I've been getting. So I needed to hear that. Um, Okay. We have four questions that we ask every single guest and I'm going to ask you those right now before you get to tell our listeners where they can find you and all that good stuff. Um, Okay. So the first question is what is something that you're currently obsessed with right now? It could be a TV show, a book, a food, a mm-hmm. movement, something. Oh my goodness. Okay. Can I give two things? Yeah. The two course. things that just popped into my head. One, I'm way behind on this. Don't judge me. Me and Tej, my husband are obsessed with Survivor. I, this was, oh my gosh, your face, right now, which I know no one can see, but I'm just telling you that she just made a very intense, excited. Yeah. Me. I'm pumped for this answer. <laughs> we found survivor during the depths of COVID and I cannot say thank you to survivor enough. Agreed. Genuinely, Jeff, you are the best. Jeff Jeff Jeff, for president. Honestly, if I ever saw him, he's, you know, people are like, is there somebody you'd walk up to? And nine times out of 10, I'm like, no, I live in LA. I see famous people. it's one of those things I'm like, you don't know me. I don't know you. You're human. Let's just live our lives. I do think I'd walk up to Jeff Probst. I think he's still, and I'd be like, you're pretty cool. And you have lots of taglines that make my day. Mm -hmm. Come on in. Um, 
come on in. Yeah, it, it is so predictable now that it's a little hysterical, but I cannot recommend. And like, if you are a survivor newbie, I recommend like a quick Google of like top survivor seasons and going off of that. Cause like, that's been great for us. So survivors, number one and two, I just got this, this just arrived today and I've been doing it for a while. I deal a lot with like, I have a lot of different like gut health issues and things I'm trying to figure out. But one of the things, one of the products that's been really helpful for me is this bloat product from this company called Array. I have the little jar on my table. It's A-R-R-A-E. This is not sponsored. They do not pay me anything. I pay for all of this. I don't get paid for anything like that. Um, but it's their bloat pills. And it is something that like, genuinely has helped me feel a lot better. Like I deal with a lot of discomfort in that way. And I don't know, man, I don't know what they're, it's all like natural and stuff, but it is great. I like will stand by these pills and they're not like magical cure-alls, like, right. Like I'm, you know, whatever, but they help me feel a lot better. So those are the two things that are very random that popped into my head. I love it. And I love that you're my, my husband just got me buffs for survivor buffs. For, oh wow. god I yes what that's a great gift idea he got it he got it for me for mother's day because he was like we just really need to survive this first year of a child Stop. and I was like I freaking love you because now we that's have this crazy. idea of like whenever the kid's born like any videos or pictures we take we're just wearing our buffs like tired hungry you know that just like brilliant yeah. We're like, this is good. Um, okay. Second question is what is something that you're looking forward to in 2021? 2021. That's this year. Yep. The years are weird. Y'all the years are weird. Yeah. Um, what am I looking forward to this year? You know, I do feel like, and this is everyone saying this right now, which I I'm annoyed at myself for saying, but like, it is cool to see like life going back to normal. I think that that's something I'm really thankful for. And one of the things that TJ and I love to do is go to music festivals. And, um, we booked tickets to bottle rock music festival in Napa, which we've never been to Napa or Sonoma. And we love a good music festival. And so we are going in September and I'm very excited for that. I think it's just going to be, you know, it'll be crazy to be around that many people again. And yeah. I just am very much so looking forward to doing it. Like I am really, really excited. We don't even know the lineup yet. I don't think like we booked the tickets and we were just like, we'll be there. It you doesn't matter who's playing. We'll be there. I don't care. They'll have good food up there. Good wine, good music. What else do you need? I, I know think. Napa alone is amazing. I know, so you're right? going to be, you're going to be living the dream. Okay. Next question is what is something that you love about yourself? Hmm. I love my positivity. I think that I have a genuinely optimistic personality. Like it is not something I have to work hard at to find the good, to find the silver lining, to find the positive. And I think that that is something that does not come naturally to all people. And I feel like I've really been able to enjoy my life and the goods and the bads of all of it, because my perspective on things just always tends to be optimistic. And I just appreciate that about myself. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely see that too. You're very positive. Um, okay. Last question is if you could leave women with one little piece of truth today, what would that be? Hmm. I think 
it would just be the truth that like you're worthy you are already enough you already have everything that you need you don't need to change and like change how you look or make more money or be in a relationship or all these things like who you are right now is enough you are worthy you are seen you are valuable and I think a lot of us are trying so hard to prove that and I feel like if we would just settle into the truth that like who I am right now in this season is already enough. I think there's just a lot of like peace and love that ends up kind of flowing through us when we really like sit and believe that. Amen, girl. Amen. Okay. Tell our listeners where they can find you. I know they're going to want to follow you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Come on a real, um, <laughs> all my stuff's pretty much under my name. So Cami Blease, K-A-M-I, B-L-E-A-S-E. That's my website. That's my Instagram. Um, that's where I'm at. Yeah, girl. And we'll put all that, all those links in the show notes. So it'll be easy for the listeners to find. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast, girl. Well, thanks for having me. This is so fun. It flew by. I'm like, we could talk so much. This was, I know cool. I always like, I just checked the clock and I was like, oh my gosh, we like are done. <laughs> no, we're not. We, we, have... gonna, we did not sign up for a three hour podcast, y'all. <laughs> well, <laughs> We'll have to do a round two someday, like exactly. just continue exactly. the conversation. But yeah, thank you so, thank you so much for being on, Cami. And um, I know our listeners are going to really appreciate everything that you had to say. I hope so. Well, thank you for having me. I loved it. All right, listeners, we will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.